Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 200. What? That's crazy. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? We have a great show for you today, but before I hit play, we have to take a minute to thank our sponsors. Today's sponsor is QSR Online. Just take a minute and think about all the busy work you and your people do in your restaurant every day, from labor management to bookkeeping to inventory. All these things take time, and time costs money. To find out how you can automate all these things and much more, head over to go.qsronline.com unstoppable. That's go.qsronline. Dot com slash unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Andrew Carlson. Andrew, my man, tell me you're feeling unstoppable today. I definitely am feeling unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> yes, awesome. So Andrew is from Los Angeles, and he has he got his start in the restaurant industry. At the age of 13, working for the girlfriend's parents, but that was only a short-lived work experience. I think you said like two years. You dropped her once you got the, your feet wet. Uh, <laughs> one way to, uh, I guess, get in the industry. And he has this experience from uh, the front of line to the, the front offices, and he knows what it takes to be successful in this highly competitive industry. Uh, today he is sharing what he's learned at andrewcarlson.com where he writes about leadership, personal growth, and educates restaurant and hospitality professionals on how to create successful restaurants by utilizing social media. His work includes programs to ensure exceptional customer service, uh, to creating unforgettable experiences, and uh, Andrew's programs and consulting reflects the realities of doing business in a changing, challenging marketplace. So that's just a huge aerial view, Andrew, of who you are and what you're about. Can't wait to learn more about you and what makes you so awesome. But let's get that, you know, motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you have for us today? Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. The success quote that I wanted to share is by William Shedd. It's a ship is safe in the harbor, but that's not what ships were built for. Mm-hmm. And that one's always just resonated with me because we can all stay safe and play it safe. But if you don't go out there and actually try you'll never you'll never achieve success yeah that's great you know it's true and i think one thing that, that when i hear you say that quote what thinks to me is just start um mm-hmm. you, sometimes you just got to start and get out there and take a chance uh if you have that dream if you have that passion to one day you know open your own place get out there and at least start working for somebody who's successful to figure out what it takes but don't just you know dream about it do something about it and get out there you know get out of the harbor <laughs> exactly <laughs> awesome stuff man <laughs> I love it. So, um, tell me a little bit about you know you a little bit more like how like the steps you took. I you know I mentioned you got your start working with your girlfriend's uh, parents, but like talk to us about like the the steps you took to do what you're doing today, which is consulting and helping independently owned restaurant operators. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I started in major chain restaurants. Uh, Perkins was one. It's a company of Marie Calendars, um, and I was a server, and I was the overnight server. So I worked from 5 p.m. to 5 a.m. 
Okay. Um, and it was the after bar shift, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I hit my 40 hours. I got the tips. Um, and I was the only server there. And sometimes we would have 20 tables come in all at wow. the same time. So I had to not only serve, I had to host, and I had to go in the back and help the chef or the cook um, because he wasn't that good. He wasn't fast. Um, <laughs> they just put him on overnights because he just was the only one that would do it. And then I realized that there has to be a better way and there has to be a better efficient system than this, but nobody would listen to me because it's a big corporation. Yeah. So I left <laughs> that side and got into more family-owned mom-and-pop shops. And I didn't know that I wanted to consult, but I knew that something had to change in the restaurant world um, with just the systems because there had to be more efficient ways to do things. And whenever I would speak up, they would say, oh, we don't do that just because X, Y, and Z. They'd give me an excuse. Or that's too difficult to do. Or, nah, we do it this way and we're comfortable with this. Mm. And I got frustrated. And then I started working for a company and they were like, we want to hear your ideas. So I started pitching my ideas and they started shifting and things got better. And then I tried some ideas and they failed. They were like, they were like, that doesn't work. But at least they allowed me to try. Yeah, and but you never know. Sometimes you just get give it a shot, and you get out there, you try it. it. Might not work, but you never know unless you try. And sorry for chiming in. I don't want to interrupt. No, your that's story. great. Yeah. But. And then I got into. They hired me up into management. I took over a shop, helped open up a store, and I loved opening up stores. I loved the training aspect. And that's when I realized that I love consulting because I was helping them with the P&Ls. I was helping them with financials. I was helping them with social media and systems and how they could bring more guests in. And I was thinking to myself, well, if I can do this for one company, I can replicate this. There's a system within the restaurant industry that people just don't know about. Mm -hmm. So if you learn about the business, you know your numbers and can do a certain amount of steps – then the majority of restaurants, as long as the culture is sound and they have a good, solid foundation, they can be successful. Mm, absolutely. And th- I wanted to bring that out to the world. Awesome. So, I mean, I, I think you kind of answered, you know, the why, the purpose behind doing this. And it sounds like you just love that efficiency and just making things better and to help other people. I mean, what, what, why is it that you do what you do? Why do you love this industry so much? Because people put their heart and soul into it, and sometimes that's not enough. Nine times out of ten, that's not enough. Just because you put your heart and soul into something, it can be great for 12 months, but then all of a sudden the customers stop coming because something else that's new and exciting is around the corner, so they go there. And then how do you get those customers back? And it's all about creating that experience because I went into a restaurant once, and I had the best experience. Mm -hmm. I had the manager come talk to me. And it was actually Houston's restaurant um, out here in Los Angeles. And even with, like, you'd get a martini, and halfway through, they'd notice that the cup's not cold anymore, so they'll bring a cold cup over and, re- like, pour the rest of your drink into a cold cup. And it's just the tiny things that made me feel so welcome there and mm. warm. And I was like, I love this restaurant. And I hated seeing small independent restaurants close. I would, I'm a person of habit i love going to certain places and when i went i've gone to a few restaurants and all of a sudden they just had a sign on the door that said sorry we closed we can't make it anymore and that hurts not just for them but for the families that were all affected for that and that's why i'm really into this business because i really want to help people and help them help more people so they can families can have security. I love it, man. So much of what you just said, so much of the, the reasons why you're doing what you do, are the same reasons why I decided to start this podcast. Because there's just so many people out there that you know they're passionate about this industry, but it really takes a special person. It really takes just great knowledge and 
uh, experience that we can just absorb from listening to these successful people. I want to do what you're doing, help people by just showing them the way. Because, like you said, it people put so much into opening a restaurant. They invest their entire lives into it, their life savings, into not to make it. I mean, it just kills mm-hmm. me to see that. So, totally cool stuff, man. I love it. So let's talk about your it factors. Um, we discovered why you're doing this. Great reasons just to help people out and to you know help increase the rates of success in the industry. But what is it about you, Andrew, that you think has contributed to your success in this industry? And what are some of the it factors that you think other people need to have that you think you possess? I think the biggest one, and my mom would laugh because I was a horrible student in high school. <laughs> I hated tests, hated doing that, but I am always going to be a student. I've learned that you always have to be a student no matter what it is, whether it's knowing your numbers, social media trends, uh, the trends that are happening in the industry, legislature, laws that are getting passed. Anything that has to do with your industry, I read Nations Restaurant News and Entrepreneur and Business Insider just so I know what's going on in the world, so I know what's going to happen within the industry. When I first was given a P&L, I was like, I don't even know what this is. But there was a consultant that was working with me. He's like, study it, know it. These are the percentages of what each number should be. If you're over this, this is how you can tweak it. And he was like... Whenever you're every single day, go over your finances and make sure everything when it comes to ordering and your staff and labor and the way you schedule everything, everything comes down to a science. Mm. And that was so cool to me. But just reading, even just reading, listening, finding that mentor. I mean, you do an amazing job with this podcast. I've been a huge fan for a Thank long you. time. And I know you're a student of <laughs> of the industry as well. And when I heard that, I was like, this podcast is awesome. Um, <laughs> Thanks, but dude. just fi- just finding those mentors because people in this industry are here to help. Mm. We are here. We're not like, no, we're not going to turn our backs because we made it and you don't know what you're doing. It's, hey, <laughs> it was hard getting to where we are. So come on board. Let's have a conversation. Anything I can do to help reach out to somebody in your area that's very successful nine times out of ten i bet you they will sit down with you for an hour or two and help you out you know andrew and the thing is what i have one thing one of the biggest like aha moments biggest lessons i've learned from interviewing these people is the most successful people in this industry they exist to help other people get to where they're going in their careers whether it's opening their own restaurant that's why you see these huge restaurant groups like let us entertain you that have like over 50, I don't even know how many restaurants they have now, but like any one of those big groups, some of the people I've interviewed, they're just developing and investing in the people that they they have in their restaurants and providing opportunity to people in their restaurants. So go and and surround yourself with these people who have the restaurants because they're they're gonna help you get to where you're mm-hmm. going. Um, sorry, a little bit of a of rant there, but <laughs> it's so awful. true what you're saying is surrounding mm-hmm. yourself with mentors so important. So what are some of the other if factors you think? Uh, you have and that are just totally necessary to be successful in this industry uh be willing to make mistakes uh, mm. try anything and everything because what something that works one day it might not work the next day especially when it comes to social media and advertising on social media one of the biggest reasons i've wanted to consult for restaurants is because they don't utilize social media as efficiently some don't even use it at all but some restaurants choose not to have social media or a rest or a website i mean so there's no way to find them. So when it comes to social media, always be willing to change. And that's the same thing when it comes to staffing, when it comes to finding the right fit for anything in the restaurant or, or your ordering partner, your vendors. Be willing to change them and just be willing to make mistakes. Go all in every single day with every single guest and make sure that they 
feel the most comfortable. And if you've made a mistake because you said something, then you, you just you correct as you go. And that's the only way that you're ever going to become successful is if you are willing to fail and make mistakes. Yeah. And uh, one more if factor uh, I wanted to point out just from listening to you talk, and it's something that I picked up from Danny Meyer's book, Sitting on the Table, is that excellence reflex. And it seems like mm-hmm. you have – you're working in this restaurant. You're talking about how you're working overnight, working with the chef, and uh, you just weren't okay with the status quo. You, like, you mm-hmm. need to push and try to improve things. I think that's an incredible it factor to have in this industry is that just not settling for okay or if seeing there you know, might be a better way to do something, to, then always try to improve. So mm-hmm. that's one other thing I've noticed just from listening to you talk. Would you, would you say that's one of your it factors? Absolutely. Awesome. So Absolutely. just to summarize, we have that excellence reflex. Uh, you're just constantly looking to take chances and try new things. You're a student of life, always improving, and you go all in. That's what I yes. wrote down, man. Awesome mm-hmm. stuff. So let's talk about a challenge or failure you had where you just really fell hard on your ass. Tell us what you learned and how you got back up. My first consulting job, it was a small mom and pop restaurant, and they just had a child. One of the owners just had a child. So she was in and out of the restaurant, but she was one that hired me, and she was like, we need you. We need this to be done. Um, and all of a sudden, I got there. We agreed with everything, and then at the very end, she goes, oh, and by the way, I'm not going to be here for the next three months. I just need you to do this, take care of the restaurant for three months, and then when I come back, you're good to go. And I was not okay with that, but it was my first consulting job, so I I took it. I was like, I don't know what else to do. So I helped them run the restaurant, basically, but I helped them get their – I always said be a student of your numbers. Always be a student no matter what it is. So I helped them with their P&Ls, helped them with their social media, helped them get more customers into the building and created a whole new company culture that they agreed to. And they were like, this is awesome. This is how we felt at home when we made all this food. So we want to give this to the community and we would do community outreach. And then three months passed. I gave them a whole book. I said, this is what I've been doing. We need to sit down and teach them. They're like, yeah, 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 okay. And then they say goodbye, and I would call in every every week to check in, like, hey, have you done this? I haven't seen that you've done anything with this. What about social media? What about your numbers? What about your sales? And they just looked at me, or they on the phone, and they're like, yeah, that was all good and dandy, but we're not doing it anymore. We're doing it our own way again. <laughs> and I, I was speechless. I didn't know what to do. I... I mean, sales were up, the employees were happier, uh, um, and the employees were upset that I had left. Um, But I had a contract, and the contract was up. They didn't want to renew. Um, But I still enjoyed going to the restaurant. Um, And six months later, they closed because they chose not to continue to be a student. They chose not to learn. They didn't want to learn. They just basically wanted somebody to replace them so they could be with their child. And then when they came back, they lost their life savings, which was over $100,000, and all those employees were affected. And that was my biggest failure was even just taking the the job. And that's when I realized that I always have to be a student because no matter what it is, you're always going to make mistakes. Even if you go all in, there are times when you're going to make mistakes. And, oh, I just should have walked away. I felt so bad when they closed down. So, I mean, they were getting by. How was this so. your failure, though? I mean, I think one thing I've learned uh, is you can't help people unless they want the help, unless they want to change. So, I mean, where, I mean, do, do you kind of agree with what I'm saying? 
I agree to an extent. Um, where it's my failure is I didn't speak up enough. Okay. I didn't. I didn't have the knowledge or the tools myself to say to just sit them down and say, "This is why I'm not taking it. This is why um, you actually need to do this." It wasn't a failure of my work. Mm-hmm. It was a failure of my integrity and what I stood for. And I, but I just didn't realize it at the time. There are always going to be teaching moments in your life and in business and in the restaurant world where you're like, Oh, I should have done this better. Hindsight's always 2020, but I take it personally because I should have educated them a little more. Mm-hmm. I was just, I should have, instead of giving them a book, I just should have said, no, we're actually going to sit down. I should have drove to the restaurant and I should have just been like, we need to sit down and talk about this. We need to, I so need to really dive into the whys as to, I mean, you said this is what we need to do, but you didn't explain to them that this is why, this is why it's so important. We need to do it this way. I'm not just making you go through the motions. Like there's reasons that we're doing yep. it this way. And exactly. that was your takeaway. Cool, man. Awesome story. So we've crushed the first half of this interview. Um, We're going to dive into the second half. We're just going to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. Today's sponsor is QSRonline.com. And if there is one thing I've learned from over 200 episodes now is that in order to be successful, you need to create a system-dependent restaurant. And QSR Online will help you create those systems. Whether labor management, inventory management, or invoicing, QSR Online is your go-to service to just put a system in place and automate all these things that are really just busy work at the end of the day. You don't need to do it. Your managers don't need to do it. Automate those things. Save time. Save money with QSR Online. To learn more, head over to go.qsronline.com slash unstoppable. That's go.qsronline.com slash unstoppable. Now let's get back to it. We are back, and the first question I have for you, Andrew, is what advice do you have for funding a restaurant, getting that initial capital to get started? Whenever I help a client with this, I am a big fan of finding somebody else. Always use somebody else's money. Um, I'm not one to go all in with my own money because... It's going to take twice as long to set up, and it's going to cost twice as much money. And if you only have $100,000 to open up a restaurant, you don't even have any wiggle room. Um, A lot can happen in that space. Um, And the biggest thing I say to find investors is I go to where there are people that are looking for investors investors that are looking for restaurants because restaurants are new they're exciting and investors they don't always seem to understand what's going on but if you can find the one that really truly understands and understands your vision what you want to do with the restaurant they're going to get more on board banks nine times out of ten aren't probably going to be the best option for you you have to find that private investor that really can have that money like my doctor he pulled me aside. He was uh, my heart surgeon, and I've gone through like ten heart surgeries. So we we know we go back. We know each other mm-hmm. quite some time. And he said, because you're always a student of your numbers, and we talk, and I know who you are. Anytime you want to open up a restaurant, let me know. I'm all in. Oh, and wow. it's just you don't know exactly where you're going to find um, the investors. You could go to a country club. You could go to a bank. You could go to a friend that has a friend that owns a restaurant who's very successful. Um, But it could just be the people in your community that understand and want to know and help you make the community a better place. Yeah. I mean, 
one lesson, one nugget I pulled out of that, Andrew, is that you never know who you're going to meet. Treat every moment of your life, every encounter of your life, like you're on a job interview or like you're not trying to, you don't want to try to impress people, but just be a person of good character, good morals, and good work ethic. If you do that all the time, you are always working just to be somebody who's just, just, you want to make people say, wow, that, that Andrew, man, he just works, you know, he, he is mm-hmm. just a worker and so genuine because you never know who you're going to be and never know who you're going to, you never know who you're going to impress. Uh, I think that's just one huge nugget to take away from that. But also, I mean, you're talking about using somebody else's money. Um, you know, I've had people on the show who have said, you know, use your own money, and here's the reason why. And I'm not saying your answer is wrong or someone else's answer is better, but mm-hmm. I just want to ask another question is, um, what happens when the person that you are investing with or gives you the, the money to get started uh do they have control of the situation? What happens if they, they have the money and they want to start doing certain things that their visions aren't aligned with your visions? Like, how do you control situations like that? Um, I'm always straight up front with everyone. I say, this is what we want to do. You're going to be more of a silent investor. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you choose to go with that, that's good. But I have full control still. This is the financial plan of how you're going to get your, the return on your investment. And, this is just the way we're going to do it. If you're willing to accept to these terms, great. If not, then we'll find somebody else. So what precautions do we need to take? What things do we need to do to make sure that it's crystal clear that that's the arrangement? I mean, con- a contract, just mm-hmm. a clearly legal document that just says this is these are the terms, um, but also – Get to know them as a person. Don't just find a random person on the street and just grab the first person that's willing to invest in your restaurant. Know that they have the same personal values Mm -hmm. that you have and see the vision that you have in yourself. So if let's just say somebody agrees to the terms of what you want, but then as time goes on, they're like, oh, but we should do this because this is more efficient or this is better. What I always say is that... This, we have the legal document, but if you are willing to assist in operations, you can have a voice. Your mm-hmm. voice will be heard. We're not going to shoot you down, but at the end of the day, we're still going to have full control. And I always, in the document, ha- have it say full control. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, the documents might be invalid. Yeah. And thank you for diving a little deeper in there. I think that, you know, going and uh, using other people's money is a great way to start your first restaurant just because there is huge overhead. It does, it does take mm-hmm. a lot of capital, but it's really important that you protect yourself because you might have these people, if you don't have any skin in the game, um, they ha- they make all the decisions and they don't necessarily know the best decisions to make sometimes. They might be really successful business people, but running a restaurant is an entirely different beast. So <laughs> it's important that you you know you draw those lines in the sand and you really spell out um, who makes what decisions and you take that time to be crystal clear when you're using other people's money. So thank you for diving mm-hmm. into that a little deeper, Andrew. So the next question is on the topic of people. Um, there's no secret that this industry is so heavily dependent on just people. It's a people industry. It's it's making other people happy. It's making your employees happy. So what's your advice on um, just people, like finding good people and maintaining the, and retaining these people? This one's always tough because right now the turnover, especially in California, but in the industry itself is at like 110%. It's insane. Mm. Um, it's 
extremely hard to find good people. And the reason for that is, is livable wages. Um, it's also just how you're being treated in restaurants. Um, sometime, well, the majority of the time, o- restaurant owners will treat people from personal experience um, like it's a gift that you've been given this job and you should treat it like it's gold and you can't ever do any wrong and the second you do make a mistake you're getting screamed at and it's an uncomfortable situation to be in um but finding the good people when it comes to interviewing people is constantly be interviewing don't just interview when you need to fill a gap because otherwise you're just going to pick the first person that looks good on paper um just to fill that hole just to be a warm body and they might not even be the right fit for the company and and so often people are so temporary and then when Mm -hmm. you 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 when you have all those people when you have more than enough people on staff your your rock stars are going to rise to the top it's one mm-hmm. you know those people that want the hours are going to speak up those people that are going to work hard for you i mean they will show themselves to you but when you're just so desperate for people you, you get stuck somebody might not be the right person but you need to get that shift covered why would you do mm-hmm. that to yourself i totally agree with what you're saying there uh great advice and um I love how you mentioned. Uh, <laughs> I totally agree. When when people hire others, they they think they're they're giving you a gift. They're like, congratulations, I gave you this job. And I I know you must be familiar with Danny Meyer's book. Oh yeah. Table. Uh, what do mm-hmm. you think about his um, line where he talks about thinking of it as uh, these people are volunteering for you? You know, remember <laughs> that part? I, yeah, I do remember that part. Um, I mean, time is just such a valuable thing, and when they feel like they're just volunteering i mean you're just coming in you're doing your thing you don't get any recognition um but danny myers does a really good job he recognizes his employees he recognizes the customer he recognizes the gaps that most people aren't doing i think the, Um, the point that he's trying to make with that is that these people can literally go if you're in a city like los angeles there's hundreds, if not thousands, of potential job opportunities for them, mm-hmm. and they're choosing to work for you. So you should be the one that's grateful because, really, they're they're essentially volunteering their time because they can mm-hmm. go to any one of these places, but they're treat them like they're volunteers and yep. be grateful to have them because they are choosing to be with you, and they could just go to right next door or the other place down the street. So don't think that you know, like turn the table, like be grateful for mm-hmm. them. Don't. You know, don't think that they're grateful for you. Uh, That's why um, servant leadership in oh, the yeah. restaurant world is so important. Oh, yeah, man. Awesome stuff. Is there anything else you want to talk about uh, in regard to uh, hiring, advice on hiring or retaining people? Um, I would say just make sure that they feel appreciated. Mm. Uh, give them recognition when they're doing good things because all too often we only focus on the negative. But when you focus on the positive, that's going to make sure that they stay satisfied. Because it's not just about money. I mean, that's a big part of why people stay. But for the good top talent, they like to be recognized for their hard work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, are there any, like, programs out there, any things that you've done, any uh, activities you've taken part in to show your appreciation for people? Um. Or can you give an example of something you can do that's not necessarily just saying, hey, good work? Like, what's yeah. something you can do? I mean, I've bought lunch for my teams before, or um, I've taken them out for a drink or two just to be like, hey, I appreciate all your hard work. This is what we're going to Or for, like, 
when it comes to their birthday, just recognizing them on their birthdays, holidays, um, or just saying, hey, you did a really great job. I wanted to give you a small little bump bonus yeah. and out of my personal money. Yeah. Um, I don't I mean, I'm not making millions, but I want to show them that I'm noticing what's going on. Even if it's just like a 20, I'm like, here, you did a really great job. Yeah. And they so are they light up a long it's way, man. little things. Yep. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of the other challenges that might be coming down the barrel. Something you think that we need to brace for. Uh, as restaurant professionals in this industry, what's another challenge? The biggest challenge is going to be the turnover. Mm-hmm. But the second challenge is being okay with and understanding technology. Mm-hmm. Um, people are afraid of technology for some reason. Why? They, Why do you, they what do you will, think it is? Because it's different. Mm. There's a learning curve to it. It's change. Um, like, with Facebook advertising, people yeah. think they shouldn't have to pay for their fans to see the, their Facebook posts, but they have no problem spending two grand on a magazine ad, but they don't, they don't know what the return of that is going to mm-hmm. be. They don't know what the return on their investment is going to be. But on Facebook, if you put that $2,000 to work, you get to see everything. You can pull it up. You can see exactly where your return is coming in. You could set a campaign in the morning and have people come in that same night. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can really determine the return on your investment there. But even the technology, people are like, well, I don't think you should have tablets in restaurants like Chili's. They have them at the bar. And I think it's a great thing because when they are slammed, it's hard to get any kind of service attention. Mm-hmm. So you could cl- quickly order a drink through the tablet or you can pay your bill and leave. So you're not waiting for the 10, 15 extra minutes because they're, the server is too busy. Mm-hmm. No, and I think sure. just embracing technology is going to be the biggest challenge in the industry. Yeah, you know, I don't think we'll ever. This is just my personal view on the topic of tablets in the restaurant industry. I don't think you'll ever replace people entirely, no. just because there's just too many people go out because they want that human connection. There's a very mm-hmm. and that, maybe I'm biased because that's the kind of person I am. When I go out, I'm not going. I, mean, I enjoy a good meal, but I really just want to interact and connect with the bartender, the server, the other people that go to that restaurant. That's why I choose certain restaurants. Um, Mm -hmm. But there are some great things uh, when it comes to technology, just being efficient and turning things over faster and um, closing the gaps where things can get through and things you might miss because you're human. There's Mm -hmm. totally so many things you can do with technology to become more efficient, more profitable, more whatever words you want to do, like plug in word. I, I really do agree with you on that. So I'm really looking forward to the topic on technology when we get there. Cause I think you might have some great advice on what some, some of the tools are we can leverage, but um, let's talk about that work life balance. <laughs> I mean, that to me is, uh, I think one of the biggest challenges and one of the, the biggest reasons why people can't hack it in this industry is because they, they either, they just get so consumed with the work, they miss the, the, their personal life. I mean, how do you, what advice do you have for that work-life balance? I mean, I, when I was in the industry or when I first got my start, I was drowning. Um, I was working all the time. I would be called in. I'd be the one that would be taking all the shifts because I love the industry. But the older I get, now I'm like, no, there has to be a balance. So the way that I do it is I create, I set firm boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a restaurant manager, I would make sure that when I was off, my assistant would be working. So he knew exactly what to do in times of crisis. I made sure that the training was 
I went down to the smallest details, and I said, this is what happens when you do this. This is what happens when you do this. So basically, if I was gone, I wouldn't get a phone call the whole day, even if there was an emergency. It would have already been taken care of, and the owner, it would be seamless. Mm -hmm. But so many other, I've seen so many other restaurant managers, they don't prep their team in case of emergency situations. So all of a sudden, they're getting a phone call um, at, you know, 4 a.m. 4 a.m. because something happened and or even 5 p.m. they're sitting in a movie theater and then all of a sudden they get a phone call they have to leave the movie theater to go to their job because they couldn't train their assistant properly or the staff properly and having those boundaries that i'm off this day but this is the person you can call in case of emergency Mm -hmm. and they're going to be there the whole day so that i mean Setting firm boundaries is definitely the biggest thing that you can do to create a work-life balance. And then the second thing is just taking care of yourself. Mm. Understanding that you need time away. Unplug. Don't look at your emails for the day. Um, If there is an emergency and they absolutely need to contact you, they're going to call you. And they'll call you multiple times. Um, and that's just the way of the game. Yeah, I love. I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody refer to it as of boundaries. It's a really cool way to think about it with boundaries. But you got into detail about um, really getting into like the protocols. And this, mm-hmm. is, if something happens, emergencies, like these are the things you need to do. And so, so many of us just don't go that extra mile to write yeah. out those protocols. I mean, that's literally what why it's so important to to create system-dependent restaurants instead of people-dependent restaurants. Mm-hmm. Think about the people you know who are just like madmen or women. They run around. They do everything because they don't they don't trust anybody to do it themselves. But that's why these protocols and systems are so important. So when you do go away and, you, and then you train people, like you say, you know, this is what you do in case this happens. And you give like the protocol and the, the process to handle that situation. You, you empower people with the tools. And I think that's what I, I heard from you is to really just – have those protocols, have those systems, and if something happens, they know what to do, and they won't bother mm-hmm. you, but you have to give them the tools first. Absolutely. Awesome stuff, man. I love it. So let's talk about, um, you know, you, you said you're always learning, you're always educating yourself, and I'm, uh, I'm assuming you must be an avid reader in order yes. to do that. So give us some, like, just must-reads if you're getting into this industry. What are some, just some books that are something we need to consume? Um, I know... All the time, people will come and say, Danny Myers on the table. That's number one, always. <laughs> um, but I have two of them. One is The Power of Habit by Ooh. Charles um, Dubig. And it always talks about how people, how habits are formed. So if you understand how habits are formed, then you create training documents within your restaurant that continuously form habits. So instead of having to retrain people, they are already in the habit of doing things correctly instead of trying to do things incorrectly to just test the waters. Because when somebody is not trained properly, they'll come into a restaurant and kind of try to do things their own certain way. But when you have a system in place already that has formed the habits, then they don't even question themselves. They're like, this is just how we do it. Mm. And this is, and then if something is in their mind, they're like, well, there could be a different way. Then the owners will be willing to listen. But if you have these habits, these successful habits that are already in line, then the employees are going to be 10 times more efficient. Absolutely. Right from the get go. Then the second book, I'll I'll get that one. Thanks for recommending it. Of course. The second book just came out a couple months ago. Think big, act bigger by Jeffrey Hazlett. Um, it's not a restaurant book. It's a business success book, but it's very good. Talks about 
you need to think big, but you need to also act bigger than you are. You want to go the extra mile. You want to do everything and be the person that you're always meant to be. Awesome. So those two books, one, uh, the first one on habit, what was that called again? The Power of Habit. The Power of Habit and Think Big, Act Bigger. Both first time mentions on the show. I'm pumped for that. I'll have awesome. those in the show notes. Thank you for sharing. Are either of those on audio form, do you know? Uh, both are. I have them both as audio. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Great. That's like, the, I would be lost without audiobooks. Every morning I'm in the kitchen and I'm listening to an audiobook. <laughs> awesome stuff. Uh, I'll have the links to that in the show notes. So, so you mentioned earlier the influence of technology and how we can leverage technology to, uh, have those systems, to have those efficiencies and those faster, quicker processes. So what are some technologies that you have noticed, some really exciting things that you think we can implement into our restaurants to be more productive and to close those gaps? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know I saw on your website you talk about hot schedules a lot. Yes. But having that scheduling software, um, I know ScheduleFly is one that I use a lot and mm-hmm. hot schedules. Both of those, just being able to communicate with your employees through that technology and through making sure everything's going to be running smoothly the next day. Or if somebody needs a shift, instead of pulling out the phone book and calling all 25 of your employees, they're able to, they'll get a text message and just say, Hey, this person needs the day off. Can you cover it? And then it'll say yes or no. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the manager comes in they're like, Oh, this person switched. That's fine. They'll, they'll be able to approve it. And having that has improved and restaurants oh my gosh 10 times more because yeah. i remember trying to do schedules paper form and then sending it out and sending the emails and then writing back and forth and oh that was such a pain <laughs> um but now you have the the technology and it allows you to have that work life balance you get to step back and say all right they're going to take care of it and yeah. if they don't then you have and to you jump know, on it that's so. just you know that technology alone is great but that attitude that you're sharing with us just let them take care of it i think so many times when you talk about letting the employees handle the schedule, sometimes the owners or the GMs get a, like the old school people get a little freaked out. Mm-hmm. But the truth is if you give them those parameters and you let them know like this is what's acceptable, this is what's not acceptable, and you just let them run with it, they can handle it. <laughs> as mm-hmm. long as you give exactly. them those parameters and those expectations and then all you do is approve or disapprove um, and it really just you know, expedites the entire process. Uh, hot schedules. Mm-hmm. Yes. They have sponsored the show. Awesome resource. Schedule fly Two has been mentioned a bunch of times on the show. Great resources there. I'll have the links in the show notes. Any other technologies that really caught your attention and something you think we should be leveraging in restaurants? Yes. Um, when it comes to social media, there are social media scheduling tools. So you don't have to sit there and schedule or sit there and write every single post. You can take 20 minutes in the beginning of your day, schedule out your social media content that you want to put out for the day, yeah. and then you just check back in periodically throughout the day to talk back to your customers. Mm. But the one that's the coolest is called Edgar. It's meetedgar.com. Um, it's a social media tool. But they're all about work-life balance, mm-hmm. and they're all about automating it, but making sure that your culture and who you are as a company still flows through. So it allows you to create a schedule of how many times you want to post per day, what kind of category you want to post, whether it's a 
press release, whether it's an article that was an eater about the restaurant, uh, whether it's a photo with the employees, or if it's just a fun status or a menu featured item, you can put these all in and then you can fill it up for the week. It only takes about 20, 25 minutes for the whole week. And then you're good for the week. And that allows you to focus more on your business, but it's also reaching out to your, your customer base and saying, Hey, this is what we're doing tonight. This is what we're doing this week. These are the employees that we want to just say these people are rock stars and show them out to the community. Say we have the best staff ever. This is the article that we were in. And then people are like, oh, this that's really cool. Let's go back into the restaurant because we were there before. Or, hey, we haven't tried this restaurant, but they're getting written up about a lot. Mm-hmm. So let's go in there because we just came up on their Facebook page. So having those tools to where you can automate it is going to help you out greatly. Awesome stuff, man. Great advice. Any more recommendations before we move on? Um, Audible. Because <laughs> not every restaurant owner is going to have all the time in the world to sit there and read a book. So if you can do stuff while you're listening in the background to any books, having that is great too. Oh, man. It's changed my life. Um, I've never been one. I don't think I've ever been able to sit down for more than 10 minutes to mm-hmm. absorb a book. I've just always been that kind of kinetic, moving person. And the day I discovered audiobooks, um, man, it's it, you can literally just almost – any book that's really worth reading out there has been mm-hmm. converted to audio form, and you owe it to yourself to, like you say, continue to learn and continue to improve yourself. So, yeah, Audible, uh, great resource. And I've partnered with Audible, too. So if you guys go to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable, you can get a free audio book today. Uh, so do support the show. Use my links. I'll have those links in the show notes. This is episode 200, believe it or not. So <laughs> you made number 200, Andrew. Nice. Yeah, so uh, head over to restaurant unstoppable slash 200, and you will find the links to everything we're talking about today. So, Andrew, with all the knowledge you have now, if you could go back in time to a past version of yourself or just give one piece of business advice to our listeners, what would that business advice be? Oh, educate yourself. Mm. Make sure you understand the business. Because when I first got started, I... That still haunt that restaurant still haunts me to this day because I didn't educate them properly, mm-hmm. and really getting down and understanding. Because when I started, I didn't know what a P and L was, mm-hmm. and I was like, "How can I be helping restaurants if I don't even know what a P and L is? Like, mm-hmm. how do we do this?" So, really grasping that concept and asking for help can instead you, of just saying, "Well, I can do this on my own." Can you think of a resource uh, to to send people to, or a, a book that really goes through? Uh, P&Ls or, or can really educate you on like the little things like that. I mean, there's a, I was a part of a, it's called, I think it's restaurantowner.com yes. and it's a membership site, mm-hmm. but I, I was only a member for like three months, but I really, there was so much good information there. It all talked about P&Ls. They did webinars. Mm-hmm. They had all these things and it was all there already for the taking. It wasn't like somebody was building it out. It was like, if you had a question, you could go to the forums and people would respond and people still do respond. And that's kind of like the best resource that you could, I could think of. Awesome. I'll have those links in the show notes as well. So if, is there any question I could have asked you that you think would have added more value to this interview, Andrew? Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the biggest questions that I get um, is how can we improve the customer return ratio? Because customers come in and then they might go down to the next shiny object restaurant down the street for weeks and forget about you. How do you stay top of mind? And there's two ways. I 
I don't know if you've heard of the restaurant uh, Mendocino Farms, but that's owned out here by Mario Del Perro. And I went to their leadership training for all their management. Um, I was invited. And he always would go to the customers and or have his management team go to the customers and say, hey, we notice you come here like once a week or regular, twice a week. But he asked the question, how can we get you back at least one more time per week back in the restaurant and just listen to what they have to say? Mm. Because it doesn't have to be somebody that's like brand new, but somebody that's constantly coming into the restaurant is how can we get you to come back one more time? And a lot of times they'll just say, well, if you added this option, this would be great. Or if you know the staff would recon- would just call me by name because I come here once a week, and if they just knew my name and knew what I liked, hmm. and then you're, you they step back and you're like, oh, they don't do that already. Or wow, I've never even thought about it that way. So getting that kind of communication flow going instead of just going up to the table and say, was everything okay? Because when I was a server, that's what I would say. Was everything tasting okay? And I, but I'd be nodding my head yes. Subconsciously, then everyone else would be nodding their head. <laughs> and be like, oh, yeah, everything was fine. I, I never even knew what I was doing that, but that's just how I did it. But instead of just asking if everything was all right, you could ask the customer, how could we have better served you today? Because you're opening up that line yeah. of communication. You're making sure that the guest experience... At the, as the, at the very bottom is exceptional, and that's going to make them want to come back. You, that's how they're going to remember you. And just asking those questions and understanding and listening to what they, the regulars have to say or anyone in the restaurant has to say, the mm-hmm. customers. And because if you ask them, how could we have better served you today, nine times out of ten, they're not going to go write a poor Yelp review mm-hmm. because they weren't served. If something was wrong they would have just told you right then and there mm-hmm. instead of going to Yelp and then there's the whole debacle. But that's one of the biggest things that's going to get the guests to come back time and time again. Is there a, a, a way we can make this process of gathering this information, this data, simpler? Is there anything that you see people using, whether it's com- comment cards or other resources, tools, to aside from just walking up and asking each person, is there, what, what have you seen people do? Um, comment cards are fine, but a lot of times they just end up being colored yeah. on by the kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of the times, though, what I've been re- what I've been doing is they'll like when it comes to a coffee shop or people use their cell phones. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to provide Wi-Fi, there's a program out there. I don't know. I'll have to message you this later. But it's a Wi-Fi platform that they are putting their email address in to get free access to the Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. then you have that in from your, their email address. So what you could do is plug that into Facebook retargeting. This is getting complicated. Um, but it's a custom <laughs> audience. And we send out, or just in the email, send out a survey that just said, how could we have better served you today? Here's a couple questions. Or you could do that through text messaging as well. How could we have better served you today? And that's just going to be the gold yeah. right there. So if you can use technology, I think Five Star allows you to do that. It's a rewards program, mm-hmm. loyalty program, where they type in their phone number. And then they have a whole back-end system that is for reaching out through text messages instead of through email. Um, so if that all of a sudden they, hey, just notice that you stopped in the restaurant 10 minutes ago. How was your experience with the restaurant? And then you could type, you know, they'll go through the survey, and then they're done. And they don't ever have to think about it again because it's already gone through their phone. Instead of getting an email, having to sit down and go through the survey through the email, utilizing like a loyalty program like Five Star to 
be able to send those questions right away mm-hmm. to gather that information. I mean, I think I've asked you everything, Andrew, and you've been an awesome guest. Uh, so we got to wrap it up now. And we wrap up every episode by having you call somebody out. So who's one independent restaurant operator you admire and think would be a great guest mentor on the show? Um, I think that's how you pronounce his name, but it's Bruce Kalman. And he owns Union in Pasadena. And he's just opening up Need and Company Pasta Bar in the Los Angeles um, Square Union Square Market. Um, and he's been on TV a lot. He's been on, like, competition with Bobby Flay. He's been on Best New Restaurant. That was um, just on not too long ago. Um, but he's been doing really good things awesome. in the restaurant community. So he's one more time for me. Bruce Kalman. Bruce? K-A-L-M-A-N. Bruce Kalman. Look out, man. I'm coming after you. I'd love to get you on the show. And, Andrew, let the listeners at home know how can we connect if they want to continue the conversation. Maybe they have some further questions on the advice you shared. Or maybe they want to take you on as a consultant for their restaurant. How can we connect? Yeah. um, Just go to andrew-carlson.com. And, actually, uh, as a gift to everyone listening today or whenever they're listening to this, I'm going to set up a page on my website it's andrew-carlson.com slash restaurant hyphen unstoppable later i will have a gift that's just going to be the five biggest mistakes restaurant owners make on facebook that's causing customers to run to your competition that's free for you for your listeners as a gift to me because things are tough out there but i want you to be able to be making the right decisions to make the customers come back to your restaurant so that was what i want to do for you well that was unexpected and very appreciative so thank you very much andrew for that i'll have the links in the show notes again it's restaurantunstoppable.com slash 200 this is episode 200 crazy to think that we've done 200 (laughs) episodes uh but everything we discussed right there the links to what uh andrew recommended to get those five things that not to do on facebook will be right there andrew man thank you so much for taking the time of your busy schedule to come join us to be a guest mentor man there's no questioning you are unstoppable thank you for having me it's been a pleasure (laughs) cheers (laughs) all right there goes a milestone episode 200 in the bags if you want to check out everything we discussed today Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 200 for a recap, a summary of the conversations, links to everything we discussed right there in the show notes. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today, man. You were an awesome guest. If you guys want more episodes just like this one, shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. Tell me who you want to hear from, make some recommendations, or just tell me what you think about the show. I love connecting with my guests. Uh, Please support the show, guys. Anyway, you can just spread the word with anybody looking to open a restaurant, anybody who's in the process of opening a restaurant, maybe somebody who has opened a restaurant and wishes they didn't. This podcast is here to inspire, motivate, and educate the future of independently owned restaurant operators and professionals. So uh, spread the word. Use my links. All those things go really far with uh, supporting the show. And those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, please keep them coming. Thank you if you have left a review. We're up to 55 reviews and ratings on iTunes now. That's awesome. It's huge. Thank you guys so much. All right, that's all I have today. Until next time, peace out.